morning and welcome to the Capital Gang. I am Oscar Semoyam Soke and this morning we have three topics for discussion, quite heavy discussions and at least two of them uh, come off President Museveni's speech, come off Jaja's speech last Sunday. Uh, in the studio I have the yellow girl uh, Lydia, Honorable Lydia Wanyoto Motende. Uh, good morning to our listeners and viewers and to the gang. Good morning to you, Lydia. We do not yet know whether you are the flag bearer of Mbale or not. Do you know? No, I don't know officially. All right. Mm. But, okay. but it will come. Uh, yeah. It will come because we've been given a schedule. Mm. The, the nomination is for members of parliament uh, for 2013. My party has issued a schedule on when everybody will be cleared. So I know for sure that by 4th of October, Mbale will be sorted. Flag bearers of Mbale. That is sorted. week after next. Yeah, 4th okay. of October will all be sorted, and I am home and dry. Mm. Mm. Because I keep saying in my introductions that NRM results are coming in. So I don't need to say it. I'll just keep referring to Lydia. No, we are, we, are, we are on track as a party. We are okay. fielding flag bearers. We began with councillors. There have been issues in Parliament about councillors and age and stuff. But the party <coughs> of NRM is set. Okay. We have flag bearers as part of the city of the National Electoral Commission. Okay. Oliver Rukutana was declared, on the other hand, for him, he's clear now. No, he's not clear oh. because there is a petition. I know for Ntungamo, all their issues will be sorted on the, I think, 30th mm. of, this month. of this month. Every district in Uganda okay. has a date to be sorted. Mm. Yes, so if you have a petition, you are not yet good to go, but you'll be good to go. But there's still an election pending. Cause there's there's a, an election there's a pending, not only Sembabule, in one or two other areas. There mm. are some that are complete, uh, constituency elections, but others, the petitions may require that some areas be uh, repeated if it does if it affects the, the total outcome of an election okay but but we are okay really as mm. a party we, we the, the i'm talking about over like 70 60 percent of the nrm flag bearers are good to go mm. it's the other part that is that has issues and and this mechanisms have been put in place to get everybody sorted Okay, uh, and everybody Lydia, knows their your, date. Your, Every your, day, you, know, you know your date. I uh, know the date uh, of Umbale. Allow Umbale me to squeeze a in a question. Nakaseke has a date. They allow me to squeeze in a question. You're, you're in that uh, special area of having been a returning officer and a candidate who has lost flag bearership before and now a current candidate. Are you happy with the way NRM is coming across in this election? No, no um, Lydia is a member of SEC. Uh, also a member. Top managers of yeah. the NRM. The powerful people. Uh, mm. It's not a cup of tea because uh, you're like you've listed, I've been in all these things. Mm. Uh, I was a commissioner of the NRM Electoral Commission for three terms. So, and I did it voluntarily as a service to my party. So, I know those people who are in the same shoes that I was in 2011 going forward. It's not as easy as people may think. Fielding flag bearers in a party that has many candidates mm. is not as easy. Okay. It's not like some other party where they look for candidates to take flags. We have 12 candidates take one position. We have five candidates take one position. It's a very competitive exercise. We just have to be patient, but also support mm. the process. Okay. And, and hopefully, without with omissions or commissions, mistakes will happen, but we'll be able to do the reconciliation Thank going you. forward. Thank you, Lydia. I'll ask you the same question next weekend. 
Please do and and on fourth. And on fourth we shall get right. Yes. Yes. Okay, and uh, listeners uh, to gang, thank you for tuning in. You never know, Lydia may have a last word. Uh, we Pondo is running late. There was a little bit of a traffic jam in uh, Chambogo area. In the studio, you heard those noises. I beg your pardon. That was Abdul uh, Katun to Honorable. Uh, thank you, Star Cafe, for feeding him. He was energetically pulling cups, flasks, and I guess in the absence of OO, some people really take advantage. Mm, thank you. In, welcome to the Capture Gang, Onebo Segona. Uh, we haven't had you in a while. Uh, sure. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I've just been reminded by Honorable Sam Junganda this morning that in this studio, you have a gallery for strangers. So I sat in the strangers gallery. And because I'm a stranger, I would never invite myself into this program. But uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen out there. <laughs> I don't know about uh, what Honorable Semuji is telling you, but you're seated in the hot seat. Well, he went to school during those days of teasing, students. Ah, maybe, yes. Because you're a guest and you're seated in the guest seat, uh, in the hot seat, I'd say. We will discuss uh, your star performance according to social media um, yesterday in court, and we will assess whether it really was a star performance as reported by social media. There are very many versions of those reports, including uh, your witness yesterday, Mr. Chivalama. But the good thing is we have uh, three, two lawyers uh, in practice, uh, one a law student, uh, and, and so we will be secure in what we are allowed to report. Specifically, I ask report, uh, listeners, what did you learn from yesterday's uh, court proceedings? Otherwise, Onebo Katuntu, Onebo Semuju, most welcome to gang. Onebo Katuntu, Semwe Amsoke is going back to work. Uh, Jaja has allowed candidates to return to school. Semuju has a candidate, but I know that you don't have a candidate uh, currently. No, I don't. Mm. Uh, a candidate for Semuju has a P7 uh, oh, yeah, candidate, sure. yeah. Yeah, but I don't have a biological candidate. Senior four, not P7. Oh. Okay, yeah. I don't have a biological candidate. They are your children. Uh, but uh, yeah. somehow I end but up... You have all those candidates in your constituency, after, yeah. anyway. Mm. They could even be more than seven Jews. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, first of all, to the teachers, this must be uh, good news, mm. especially those in private schools. Uh, one, uh, it, it's, it's not like it sorts out their problem, because most, not most, or all private schools survive on uh, collections from uh, parents' fees. Uh, now you only have one class open. It could relieve you of uh, some small economic burden. However, there are questions still to be answered. For example, uh, have we put uh, SOPs in place to protect uh, both the teachers and the young kids going back to school? I think that's very important. Uh, two, uh, I don't know whether the guidelines, Oscar, are already out. And before I get one of my children back to a crowd uh, in school, 
all these kids have been in all different environments and communities. Are we going to have testing of these kids before they are all put together in one classroom? And if so, are we going to afford it? Are we going to have teachers like you to be tested before you start, you know, standing in front of our kids uh, teaching them uh, literature in English? Uh, three, I, I see that the basic uh, SOP is washing hands. Do we have enough uh, taps and running water? Uh, running water, even water just in all schools, especially those up countries. Do we have taps? Do we have boreholes? Uh, and uh, do, do the schools have capacity to enforce uh, that standard operating procedure? In my view, I think we are desperate to have kids sit for their fine exam, those in candidate classes, but it doesn't sort out the problem because, one, they have not been in school from March to September. Whatever they missed out in that period, is it going to be covered in these 80 weeks? before they sit for their fine exams? Or have we gone back to what I think has been the major challenges, that kids are now being taught to pass exams, but they don't go through the school curriculum? So th th these are the questions still uh, bothering many of us. Uh, lastly, Oscar, I imagine, l let's give uh, an example. If a school has 100 students in senior four, they cannot, you, if you are to operate, to operate the SOPs, you need to divide this into smaller manageable groups, maybe 30 per classroom. That would mean that actually you would need now two other teachers to be teaching these ones. Do we have enough teachers? Or are we going to have this Oscar Semoya, Mr. Master, as they, they call you people, Master Oscar Semoya, <laughs> to teach <laughs> this class, the, then he goes the, to the next the, the class. They call us teacher. Mm. Teacher. Teacher Semoya. Okay, mm. teacher Semoya. Okay. Because you see, if you are to divide the 100 students into 30, 30, that would mean like three groups. And they were, originally they were being taught by one teacher Semoya okay, in the physics class. Now you have three physics classes. Are you going to have this teacher say, I'm okay, hopping from one stream to the other to the other? Or you are now going to recruit more teachers? Uh, and, and lastly, we still have the problem of fees. Many of the parents really are still struggling. Is government looking into it maybe to subsidize, you know, the private schools, for example, such that you don't have a crisis? So that, mm. that, 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 that's my thought on it. Yes, if I were uh, to be taking the decision, I would just uh, think this is a dead year and we start uh, in uh, January. You, you want us to murder you. <laughs> the, <coughs> the, uh, Honorable Katuntu, you know this is an area I know well. Sure. Maybe I should uh, make a little sub submission on what you are saying. For example, in, in, in physics, chemistry, biology, most of our schools teach in shifts anyway, and the exam comes in shifts because of the practical element. So we have some experience in schools of doing that. Uh, Secondly, you, uh, for that me... Taiba, but Mulala so Secondary no. School. Uh, yeah, all, all throughout the country. That's how practicals are done. Your neighbor considers your ability, and then they arrange a shift for you. Yes. 
yeah. the practicals are done. But that's the exam. We're talking about teaching. But you, you bring the exam and you bring it to practice. You bring that practice of ships, you bring it to, pra you bring it to class. But um, I think you people, politicians, what you need to work on is that aspect of water. Because uh, if you have running water, then you've done one of the basic things. The rainy season is coming, but without the rain, a lot of our classes we can conduct outdoors, which is also another safety measure. For me, where, where I disagree, if I was in, I, I, I called NCDC, and, and I intend to call them again. I, I know the executive director well. We've worked together on different things. There's no need to, for students to sit exams in April because you can determine the topics. You could say it's not rocket science. Say here are the 10 uh, topics for discussion for study in one month, and then you start the exams 28th November, 20th December, send them home, and, and the rest you promote them. Uh, next year we shall teach what we have to teach. We're not yet teaching rocket science. If it was at LDC where you are actually teaching um, practice of law, that would be different. But everything else we can teach next year. Um, the economic crisis you'd have on your hands if you have to look for fees again next year for those children of yours, Abdul, and I know the number, uh, you, 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 you'd have a, a, a crisis. I'm one of the very few that know the number. Um, so, <laughs> and that, I, I want to confirm. <laughs> yes. So, Honorable Semuju, on on uh, Jaja's speech on opening schools. You see, in in, uh, in many countries, the delay. First of all, there was the one caused by the panic. But what some other countries did was to prepare. I saw in Denmark, when they started, <clears throat> all the churches, the playgrounds, they all became classrooms. I had assumed that the delay to reopen schools in Uganda and the postponement that um, <clears throat> was to allow the country to prepare. I have only learned that actually the delay was because we did not know what to do. <laughs> now that we don't we, know... We didn't want the <laughs> disease to spread. No. And it worked. It did it. Mm. Uh, Uganda is one of those countries that have we, low numbers. We closed with, the schools. We closed the schools. No, no. With no, with no case reported. We are now opening when we have 7,000 cases and 70 deaths confirmed. And of course, with not everybody tested. So I, I get the sense that uh, we. we uh, while others delayed because they are preparing, looking for more space and doing some rehearsals. For us, we delayed because we did not know what to do. And now that we have established that actually we will not know what we need, we will let schools just open. And that has been the problem with most of the measures relaxed. While the President will announce that border borders can begin operating with a book, with a temperature gun with washing, registering names and uh, contacts of people they are trafficking, and, and it is not done, not even 1% is done. So we are in a situation where the president is just letting things go because he can't handle. And, and, and for me that's also... And is that such a bad thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For me that is also okay, to pretend that you are preparing for things when you are actually doing no preparation. 
because where I am, Oscar, where I am, an MP, I, I keep repeating this. You have a school of 600 children. I don't know how many are in P7. And their capital, the, the grant they give them to run all the stuff is 3 million shillings per term. Now, without the money increasing, you're asking them, okay, P7 can report, but do the following. So I think Mr. M7, first of all, is intelligent. He knows that these things are not going to be done, but uh, he pretends when he's relaxing measures that they are going to be done. I can tell you, Oscar, in more than 80% of the schools are opening for candidate classes. There will be no social distancing because it is not practical. Not that you tell the children of senior four who know each other that don't hug, don't in, shake in, hands. In uh, in Chile, have you seen how those children play football every day? Yeah. Mm. So I think many of us no longer see COVID as that threat that had been uh, <clears throat> presented. So these children will socialize. There will be no social distancing, whether in dormitories, even if you distance the, the beds, the, the human beings will not distance themselves. This washing, I have seen people, elite, entering shopping malls and, and offices in Kampala. They just place their hands for water to fall and then they enter. No washing. Uh, because it is a requirement, you have Ascaris who are going to tell you, you must uh, wash, then you must the put on a mask. Someone pulls the mask. But from water. Some, some of that, a lot of that water mix is okay to just because you put a so little just bit pour of and enter. Yeah, you put antiseptic, a is, bit of detergent, and some soap, is that and then washing Oscar that has is, been prescribed is, by. It is better than what we had before, actually. No, it is. And if the practice see, remains, it will be very good because it can beat cholera and so on. No, no I am. I am looking at what the, the, the health has prescribed. Yeah. Because you have seen them on TV um, explaining how washing must be conducted. But I see people pouring water because it is a requirement by Ascaris before you enter, pulling masks uh, from their car and entering, and immediately they are inside, the masks go back to their bags. So therefore, um, I don't want to condemn Mr. M7. Actually, I'm very happy that Mr. M7 now knows that he cannot prepare a country for a pandemic. So he has said, you please go, uh, go it your own way. It's up to you. So the schools can begin opening. Because there is no scientific explanation now why you would want to start with the with, with, with P7 and not the, all the school. Maybe you want fewer. But uh, all the measures that the president is announcing, they will be observed at Taiba because you have children of Abdu Katundu. Um, but in all the schools, uh, 80%, there will be no social distancing, even washing will not be there. There will be no masks. I saw one of the requirements that you need to test the teachers before schools start. Um, mm -hmm. What about the 1.5 million children? Are you going to test them? And then there must be... Is it weekly or...? We have to 72. 72 days? I don't know. For testing. Yet we don't even have enough testing kits. I think the, the, the bigger test is temperature test. We can do that daily. No, that's not um, the testing. Just measuring temperature, but the test of but COVID itself. Generally speaking, for many, many areas, um, we have uh, temperature tests, and that's what we do. But what of those who are asymptomatic? If your temperature goes up, uh, and, and then you'd be able they, they'd escort you and. You see, the trouble is that we are speaking, we are talking about a matter where Oscar is uninterested, but. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the answers, and if you say a bad thing, I I am only saying one thing, Oscar. 
have even that invited the a fears. teacher who is in the studio already. I really, am, I am the only bad thing she has come late to teacher's <laughs> class. And Oscar, teachers very rarely come I am, late. I am only saying that uh, the fears we had as a country that made us close schools are still there. Okay. There is no adequate or even no preparation at Thank all you, for the schools to start. But it's also uh. a good thing to say maybe we'll never prepare as a country. Let's just go on with our lives. The Almighty will intervene. Na, Namfi, that's, that's what is going to na, Namfi, quickly before we stop for our first break. You see, Namfi, when Samuji says we are not prepared, as if he does not know the malaria statistics. Because mm. eh? malaria has continued to kill mm. far more than, than COVID. So you can't say we will not do anything because malaria. So we is can killing. open up another flood of killing. No, yeah. so we are so going to be careful. So we can have malaria yeah, and COVID and something. Honorable Katun, to another we are going to be careful. Of good knows. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so no, I, I think we, 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 we as Ugandans like to posture and forget mm. the country we live in, which has Karere, Katanga. And these are in the capital city, and then in the rural areas there is nothing. I think if if you if you maybe speak to experts, while you're you're preparing um, your SOPs or method of containing this, and you can only contain it, you can't prevent it, you can't stop it from, you can only contain it. And I think that is that should be uh, the goal of any government to contain this. Maybe now among the children and among the schools. You have to bear which, in mind... Which, Nafi, rarely do you commend in. Uganda, but you should commend the government that that one, which was contained. North Korea too, Vietnam, Cambodia, it, and all whatever, countries with Whatever you want to say, it was contained. Yeah. Agree. How? I mean, how? I mean look, look at Tanzania. You see, we, we cannot rely on, on things dictators say because they say what they want to say. But if you choose to rely on... Because when you look at the UN's uh, World Health Organization's top 10 countries. Most of them are dictatorial countries. And uh, that trend can tell you why they're the ones who are thriving in these COVID times. Because they give you the statistics that you want to know. The reason why we, like Burundi told you, we don't have any cases because we don't test any cases. And if you don't test, you don't have. So when Uganda tells us that suddenly, I, I know, if Uganda tells us that suddenly in, in truck drivers Nancy, are not Nancy, there. You know that in Uganda you can't hide a dead body. If people were dying of COVID, you no. would know. Cases, cases of, of, death of, of, of death in Uganda, when half of the people don't even turn up in hospitals. I think today right. I put you in the wrong seat, sitting next to Samuju. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is COVID is not about death. COVID is about illness. And we have a young population, so the deaths are not going to be as rampant as, say, in the Western world. But we digress. We're talking about COVID and schools. What I'm saying is... Um, no, we're talking about opening up schools. We, we mm. always survive in the third world on a wing and a prayer. And I don't think COVID is going to be any different. And if we kid ourselves, we're wasting our time and resources that we that could go into maybe improving something else other than COVID. Maybe we should retain the, OP, uh, the SOPs so that we still remember there is this COVID. So we wash hands, which is a good practice even without COVID. Uh, we do the temperature guns because it's easy and we will cost less. But a school in Ajuman is not going to have those temperature guns. If they have them, they're not going to work. So we kid ourselves to think that Already, we are malfunctioning. We are uh, disabled. And then now, we want to go full head and spend money and resources on trying to get this right. Will we get this right? Obviously not. Because look at us. We are adults who come from good backgrounds, and none of us is completely impoverished. But we are not even practicing the SOPs here. So what are the chances that they will be practiced in schools? Let's not kid ourselves. Let's be realistic to our circumstances. Let's open the schools. We, we start slowly. 
with that, with, so that we can contain in case things go haywire, we can contain that and then reopen the schools and get on with our lives. Okay. Yeah. You've spoken very well, uh, Nanfi, as I, I fully agree. We are going to stop for a break and after the break we shall have Ofonopondo. Ofonopondo, this is a very smart shirt you're wearing for once. Um, for once? For, the key word is for once and I choose my <laughs> words carefully. Uh, I'm sure. going to uncle Segona's constituency. My son is going to get a wife. Wow, oh, congratulations. Then I guess you may need to be a little bit smarter than that. <laughs> then you need to be... A <laughs> and in the studio, um, I have uh, Mrs. Daphne Kato, who is the principal of Kampala Parent School. Not a lot of people would have expected Mrs. Kato to be on gang. You're most welcome to gang. Um, we'll stop for a break, and then I'll have O.O. Lydia and then the teacher, Mrs. Kato. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital FM. If you try to imagine the taste of a regular cup of coffee as a sound, it would probably sound like this. Not nice, but perhaps it may sound like this. Better, but not great. Now allow us to present the sound of the taste of Star Cafe Premium Coffee. Ah, now that's the sound of a great coffee taste. Because only the finest Ugandan coffee goes into making the Star Cafe Premium. It's great. The greatest coffee experience. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital FM. We'll, we'll, we'll come back from the break. Uh, it is a bit of a noisy studio. Um, when Mrs. Kato is in the studio, O.O. is going to behave immensely. This is a teacher of your children. Yes. Um, she was. Yeah. And, and, and Semu Jews. And eh, all these bad parents. You've not heard of Taiba. <laughs> so, Ovanopondo, we much... Eh, yes. Hey. No, the, on this table there are some good parents with, uh, with children at Taiba. On this very table. But, Ovanopondo, um, we welcome the opening. But I'll give you an example. In Kampala, there's a school with 30 candidates in P7. How will that school operate in Kawimbe? You have 30 candidates. School fees is 600,000. Just imagine that they will pay all the 600,000, uh, which is also an imagination. How will that school run? Well, I think schools, those that run like a business, they must have planned in terms, in times of dire street, what do you do? You cut... Judge, I just said, if your school collapses, uh, I've instructed government to increase the classroom sizes, so we have 50. But there's even, there, but there's even a, the other more feasible way. If a school is private and they don't have the resources, government is advising those schools to shift the students to government schools. Particularly UPE, USE schools. That's the, that's the advice of the government. 
if those schools don't want, those proprietors don't want, they can choose not to. If the parents don't want, they can choose not to take that advice. But that's advice available to the parents whose children are in private schools and private schools that may say they are unable to open because of costs. That's point number one. Point number two, opening, reopening of schools should be seen in a broader context. It is part of the unlocking, unlocking the measures that were imposed on the 30th and subsequent to 30th of March. You remember when the lockdown was announced? They locked down markets, they locked down shops of all categories, they locked down hotels and so on and so forth. Yes, so we locked the, the, the borders. Now, we are gradually opening. Admittedly, yes, many of the measures were done in panic because nobody knew at the time, worldwide, nobody knew the consequences of COVID-19. Now, with hindsight, some of the measures perhaps were extreme, maybe were, not, were unnecessary, but they were precautionary measures, and I think Generally speaking, they have served the purpose that we have limited infections, spread of the disease, and even deaths. What we have, uh, the evidence we have on record is that uh, we have a good number of people who contracted the disease uh, recovering or have recovered. So that's a good thing that the measures uh, worked. Now, specifically to reopening schools with the candidate classes. First of all, we are going to have fewer numbers. Yeah. Oh, 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 Medein, please, sir, help me and tell Honorable Katun to, Honorable not to worry. Our children will survive the COVID-19, full stop. God will protect us. Uh, using uh, Semuju's words, God will protect us. Yes. So we are going to have, schools are going to have fewer numbers. It is important that the schools prepare much as the government is preparing, it is important that individual schools, both government and private, do prepare. And I want to believe that many of them have done the minimum they can, they can make. For example, we, Honorable Budu was talking about SOPs. The most important SOPs, in my view, for schools now are about four. One is availability of water to wash hands, availability of soap. I don't think water is far off the reach of most of the schools. Let us even take the rural schools. Every rural school has at least a borehole, either in the compound or near the compound. With good management, the school administration should be able to have tanks. In fact, government supplied the tanks. 8,000, 10,000 liters, and many of the schools, yes. So, so, so water is not far off the reach of most of the, the village schools. I think water is much better, accessibility in town is much, it is much better. The second SOP is certainly the sanitization, sanitizing. Again, we have been told that even with the ordinary soap that we use, you can deal with COVID-19. 
and therefore we need to give words of encouragement and the, uh, and the supervision to the school management that even where you, you are unable to buy the actual sanitizer, if you can have soap, and we encourage the children to wash regularly. Because the onus is on the, the children and the child in, in, in a school is being, has been taught either at home or in school how to wash hands. And I think that's the, where we should put the emphasis. The third SOP is social distancing. Honorable okay. Budu was talking about... Oh, I need you to be a little going, bit chapter. Yeah, are, are we going to recruit more teachers? I don't think the government can recruit teachers twice the, the number for, for different subjects. But I think, take the case of primary schools. In primary schools, every teacher is expected, is qualified to teach any class. And therefore, I think school management can call on a primary school, a, a P1 teacher, P2 teacher, to come and give support to the candidate classes. Uh, to the, to the, no, what, what I'm saying is the teachers who have been teaching in lower classes that are out of school now can be called upon to give support to the candidate classes. Hey, now, oh, somebody, oh. somebody talked about Finally. the, the mm. testing. The permanent secretary minister of education spoke in parliament and spoke at the Uganda Media Center on Thursday. And this is what he said. He said about testing, they are working with the minister of health to test, their focus is more in Kampana where there is higher congestion, high congestion. So the testing is going to be done, the focus is going to be in Kampana and other similar urban areas. Because through mapping of the disease, the Ministry of Health has data on which areas they need to focus on. So the testing is going to be done okay. in Kampana. Are we able to provide the, the, the temperature guns in all schools? The permanent secretary said so. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it is a rocket science to train a, school, a staff at the school to, 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 to do these hand, hand, what, the temperature guns, to use them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before I stop for a break, let me squeeze in Lydia as well. You know, Abdul, this is one of, one, on one of those shows that I, I agree with oh, 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 in every way. I even fear to comment on some things he has said. It, like that it they would have been better <laughs> if I moderated this program. <laughs> other than you. <laughs> Lydia, uh, school opening, I suspect that I might agree, I might agree with you entirely. Mm. Yeah. Um, in advance. The, the, the issue of the schools opening mm. is not a, a government responsibility only. It is for parents, it is for leaders, it is for all of us. Um, I would like to have my child go to school, but safe and protected. So what's the role of the parent? And then what's the role of the, the leader uh, of the community? So I, I think that um, there's going to be a bigger burden, given the Ugandan context, on the parent. I know that they'll be required to pick up a little more bills uh, in terms of uh, supporting the SOP campaign. The, uh, because schools don't have money, they don't have these extra costs. So I know that uh, for us to maintain standard operational procedures, uh, a parent may, need, may be required to pay some little more. It may not appear on the fees structure, but you may be required maybe take some more soap or some jerry can, something to that. So I, I just want us to uh, agree and prepare parents to contribute to the safety of their children. Do we want the education system to, to get to normal onto their feet? Yes, I think we should. 
Um, the, as the process began, well, I, I think we should, begin, we should begin slowly by getting the critical classes start, but also look forward to opening up as we... You know, when you are beginning to swim, <laughs> you don't swim from the deep end. You begin from the shallow end. So maybe we should start with uh, the class, uh, candidate class, like they've said, and we see how it is uh, building up. Then thereafter, maybe early next year, we can now bring on board other classes. It, it is not helping us to keep children at home for the whole year because COVID-19 will not go away. What Uganda should now know is how do we live with COVID-19 and life goes on. So uh, my, my, my contribution to this is I want to call upon parents and everybody in the community to know that schools opening is not an, a story of Samuel Amosoke, who is the teacher running a school, or the, 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 the headmaster, or the government. I think parents should be held up actually to understand that this is also their, their, their role and that they should be positive about getting their children to school and that this is going to be due responsibility, both of the school and the parent. Now than ever before, parents should come out and ensure that they are, they are, they are safety of their children. Oscar, you run a school, or even have a teacher in the, in the house, but uh, this is a time now for parents not to be e-parenting or just paying school fees. I think now than ever before, they should be physical to join the schools and listen in and, and I, I hope you can invite them more and see how, how much they can contribute because we are dealing with a matter that has life and death, not just going to school, okay. but we want to, be, to, to build in, we want to, to log in everybody to contribute to this so should the schools open yes they should open uh, in a staggered manner so that we are able to see whether, whether we are safe or not and uh, my call to this is more on the parents and the guardians than even the teachers okay. and government because we want Thank our you. children safe. Thank you, Lydia. I did say beforehand that I suspected I might agree with you, and there, bang, I fully agree on you Thank with you. you. Um, listeners, follow us live on uh, Facebook. Uh, just look out for Capital FM Uganda, and you'll catch us there. Let's talk for a break, and then we'll have two speakers close out the subject. The Capital Gang on ninety-one point three Capital FM. Uh, we'll come back from that very short break to the Capital Gang. Uh, maybe Mrs. Kato should speak first so that Honorable uh, Seguna closes out this uh, subject. Um, so, Mrs. Kato, I do know that uh, in the early days, strangely, you were the first people in the line of fire for conducting online classes. Uh, but now we are allowed to conduct online classes. Yes, but uh, that's question one. Uh, question two, are we, how, how do I make this a leading question? Lawyers, help me. On, uh, Mrs. Kato, you will agree with me that schools are ready to open for candidates and more. <laughs> <laughs> Should I turn it into a question? Uh, Mrs. Kato, will you agree with me that schools are ready? Eh? Is that a, a leading question? <laughs> Uh, thank you very, very much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, ha I want to start by apologizing. I came in late. I, I had a meeting on Zoom, so I, that's why I'm late. And I'm, I'm glad I'm discussing a very, very important issue when I have parents who, whose children have gone through our school. Uh, I'm glad that I'm here. Thank you very, very much. Uh, 
the issue of online classes we were stoned but thank god we did not die because of these the the online classes but i'm very grateful as we speak now we are the pioneers if i can say and we have really given the people the lead as we talk the number of children who are on online classes are over a thousand over a thousand and i i know honorable samju your children must be among those who are having online classes. Let him yeah. deny <laughs> No, he will not deny. He's a very, very, very responsible parent. Yeah. So the, the issue of the, the, the analog and the, uh, what the president has been emphasizing, e-learning, distance learning. I'm telling you, I've been a teacher for many years and I'm still a strong teacher. Keeping children at home, idle, there is no way you can manage such children. When they are not engaged, they will ask questions, many questions. Dad, why is it that we are not studying? Mom, yes, I know they are aware of what is happening, the COVID-19, the pandemic, but there are questions you cannot ask. And uh, you can't believe, even now when I was coming, the meeting we were having, some children are asking, when are we going back to school? Because they wanted to meet their friends. So this part of the online, which we did, which we started in May this year, We've been so successful. And I wanted to thank His Excellency, the President, who said that you people engage the children. Don't just keep children at home. We want to thank the management of Kampara Parents, Dr. Sudir, the chairman, Mr. Rajiv, and all the staff members. You can't believe with the online, there is the interaction. Yes, you're not physically with the children, but you're able to see them. Number two, they're able to interact with their colleagues because they're able to see them. Number three, these children are able to put up their hands to ask, teacher, I have not understood this. How do I go back? How do I go about this issue? We are able to explain. You can't believe members. We were even able to have physical education. Some people are wondering, you know, the children at home, they are eating, they are drinking. They needed to have some exercise. We, we came up with that. We have a very, very strong team of the ICT. We're having uh, physical education. What about counseling? This is a time when we needed to keep talking to our children. And by the way, even the parents need it. This has cut off. Yes. We even had swimming. Even the swimming. Mm. Swimming, yes, yes. By the way, you are very right. So uh, I'm telling you. With this, uh, this is a teacher's <laughs> show. <laughs> with this ICT, there is a lot you can do. We are even going to have baking. Our children have all these facilities at home. Why can't they no, learn how to bake? To how, why don't they learn how to cook? Ladies and gentlemen, what are we after? We are after making sure that during this pandemic, children don't switch off. It is very dangerous for children to, to switch off. We needed to engage them. They needed to know they, they are still in existence. We, we don't keep them at home just idle. So online classes, I just wanted to uh, urge my colleagues who have not embraced this to do so. We've benefited a lot. You, we even had assessment just recently on online assessment. Because these children are told, and I'm glad what we are doing is even being done by the government. They worked on the materials which they have been sending. Yes, I know some have not received, but majority are aware. 
they have got these materials. We are in touch with what is being work, uh, sent to mm. schools outside there. So online classes, we are handling this up to the end of the year. I don't know when we, we, all other classes will open, but for us, we are to continue. In fact, at this moment in time, allow me to tell the parents outside there, if their children are not engaged, I'm there. Just to contact we, us. We, we, we shall charge <laughs> you for this. Calam. No, but, uh, but um, I know there are those who are not They They may issue. Yes, they, they correct. Um, but but uh, one of the things that you need to point out, yes. because a lot of parents and a lot of Ugandans mm. only think uh, education is about academic content. Yes. But the idleness. Mm -hmm. If you have children, I do. The school is not about just academic content. Yes, yes. It is socialization. It is play mm -hmm. and so on. If mm -hmm. these children are not doing those things, yeah. isn't that really bad? Yeah. yeah yes. You have three children. How are they socializing? Hey. So, so the yes. issue of... Just comment on that. Yeah, one. yeah. Mm -hmm. The issue of just doing academic work. This is why I said, this is why I said we are bringing in the issue of counseling. Counseling is not academic. We are bringing in the issue of physical education. We are bringing in the issue of really talking, encouraging children. It is not only academic, by the way. Mm. For us, that's why you have about four lessons per day. But of course, the parents, the parents have have really have have challenges every day. So the, the parents have challenges. The data. The internet, which is on and off, but we really want okay. to thank them. They've been yes. so active. Thank you, Mrs. Kato. Yes. Honorable uh, Segona, close out this uh, opening of schools uh, topic, and uh, I invite you to close it out in a manner that I will like you more. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Oscar, Remember, you are looking for votes as well. When you were inviting me yesterday, you didn't tell me you were calling me here as a guest speaker to come and close this function after no, everyone has, topic, after everyone has spoken. But, um, well, first of all, I think let's agree that um, when COVID came, it's a pandemic we had to deal with as a country. Secondly, nobody was prepared, not myself, not President Museven, not anyone. When I came to Parliament, I had travelled from um, Tanzania, and when I came at the airport, a young lady who worked on me told me, please close the airport, close our borders. And I carried this message in, to Parliament. I said, please close our borders. Because when I was landing, uh, it, the next plane landed with over 30 uh, white persons whose nationality I do not want to engage in for, for, to avo for avoidance of uh, racial profiling. And uh, at that time, their color was associated with um, COVID-19. The president did not close the border. The next thing he did, and I commended him, he closed the border and locked down the country. But he forgot one thing, addressing the issue of truck drivers. And we quarreled over truck drivers until he did it when the, the problem had crossed uh, into our country and was spreading. Now, at some point, the president was addressing the nation and said, lockdown is supposed to be an interim measure. And this is what we had just issued in our statement. Then I was still in the Democratic Party. Lockdown is supposed to be an interim measure. But when you're unlocking, you must have clear guidelines, not just a statement. You're talking about the schools. How are they guided? 
my son here, oh oh, was saying uh, those private schools which do not have the facilities should not open. Actually, should send. That's what it meant. It should send the children to the next government schools. What happened to those government schools which do not have the facilities? Because actually they are the most affected by this lack of facilities. While I went to schools to open. Now when you talk about online classes, I am lucky and I'm privileged and I thank God that I am one of those that can afford online classes and my children have been going to school that way. How about the children of my neighbors? Because you're going to create two worlds in this country. And actually the majority are your, your yes. neighbors. Yes. The majority are those neighbors of mine who cannot afford the gadgets. Because when we were starting this concept of online classes, I had to buy three laptops. Three laptops. How many Ugandans are in a position during this lockdown to buy three laptops, to buy data, so that those children can go to school. Uh, Mrs. Kato was thanking the president for allowing them to go online. I was castigating the president for taking long to know that it is possible to go online. Because the president, who, doesn't, who cannot pick this within a week, that you can go online. Two. I do not want to disadvantage I, I, those I, You might be talking about Samoju, actually, not the president. <laughs> oh, I see. I, okay. Fine, fine. But the point is... He is the anti-online on this show. The point, the point is this. I am not opposed to those who can go online going with their business. I mean, you can afford, you're lucky. The government must manage the pandemic. A pandemic is not managed by private individuals. And I've said this over and over again. When you tell Ugandans that testing is going to be for $65, and you're telling people to sponsor themselves, you're telling them to manage the pandemic. This is not simple malaria. It is not simple diarrhea. Manage the pandemic. Okay. The first thing the president, finally maybe, the first thing the president would have done the, the, what the president would have done would first of all to conduct a study, do an assessment, come up with a basic minimum budget that the government would be able to inject in the education sector, including private. Because you see, educating the children of this nation is a responsibility of government. It is the duty of government to educate the citizens. Mm. That's why private players who are doing this we are, acting, are acting under license of government. So, what you do, provide the basic things. Even when you go for government schools, these facilities, basic schools are not there. Ofono Pondo tells the world that every school in the village has a borehole. Where? I am struggling with boreholes in my constituency as if I'm a... As if I'm a government myself. Okay. Especially in campaign time. Uh, wait, wait. Just a final sentence. So the, fi I, the I, final I one is that. I think mm. let the government engage some experts yeah. to assist them in planning. Plan first. Do not just make pronouncements without planning. By now, first of all, we should be having a law. We would be having a law. We would be having uh, guidelines and a curriculum that fits into this situation. Samuji was whispering here saying in Makere they gave him for three years they gave him lectures for 
for one term. Content for one term. So I think come up with guidelines. I like a bit about guidelines, and as also yes. as remember, I recommended say these yes. are the ten, t ten topics for examination. Yes. We have examination but quickly. You, you, you cannot we, guide by that we, statement. We've been saying decreased content, Mrs. Kato. Yes. Just a, a final, final one. Uh, is your school ready to open? Is your school ready to open? My school is ready to open. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ours has always been ready, but the, the argument is this. People have been saying, when are schools opening? When are schools opening? Uh, opening? Uh, no. Uh, uh, Mr. Daphne is ready. They have been ready always. <laughs> You need I'm to ask other people. I'm glad to hear that. In my area, I am the one. I am the one roofing government schools. <laughs> uh, but the argument, but the, but the argument is, you see, the worst thing that has happened, the worst thing that has happened to this show, is to have Taiba and Kampala parents. <laughs> You're creating, you're creating an impression that schools are ready. I, I think somebody you are finished speaking now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, my colleague, Mrs. Kato, yes, you please. say nobody can blame you because you, you, you are school of a certain class of people. But what we are saying, it is more or less 10, 15, 20 percent of the kids going to school. 80 percent or 70 percent are not Kampala parents' uh, material levels, yes, either as, as parents or as students, and 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 the government should come in more towards these who are more vulnerable. Uh, but but the, 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 but the issue, but but the issue is, uh, I I'm in Nakawa division. We have had about four meetings with the, even those head teachers from those schools. We've been prepared. And the way the, the government has done it, we are starting with the P7. The P7s, if you look at their age, some are 12, 13. They are bit big. They're not like the P1s, the P2s. These children, you can talk to them that please, this is how you have to behave. We, this is what we have to do at this time. There must be social distancing. So you starting with the P7s. Like we talk to the border border, so yes. you, they have to register, they must carry books and phones. Are they doing it? Uh, but but the, the, the management, the management in the schools, that is their duty. There are many other stakeholders who have to come in, not only the government really. Parents need to know that this is their duty also, to make sure schools start. Abdul, what you need to campaign for, for all those people, yes. is that we don't have long terms. Uh, we have, because all the people in Odidji are not happy with a very long term. And that's what, I think Nam that is that's what Namfi wants to say, and yeah. I have allowed our microphone. I think that is that should Nafe, be the key discussion of how do we do no how do we do this? I have kids, so I I I, I, I think about these things. Mm. Yes. So what I'm saying is that is the those are the things we should be thinking about. How are we doing this? Because I saw that timetable and it's extending these terms and this this school year into next year. And we need to know is it relevant? Is it is it needed? It's not needed because when you look at the content these children study, and let me tell you the. the, the 
studying is about acquiring knowledge and extracurricular activities. So if you think someone is falling behind, there is no limit. There is no time limit on acquiring knowledge. No. These children will get this knowledge, whatever. So we don't need to extend this year. Yes. Let's do our normal year until December, and teachers should push for this and get on with our lives. These children are not going to miss anything that they can't catch up on. Well, politicians, Nafi, because uh, NCDC had, has been campaigning for reduced content. Yeah. Here is the opportunity. Exactly. Mm. Let's remove all the, the, the St. Lawrence Seaways, which were closed long ago, and those those things that we do that we don't need to study, or we need one class to study, and we stretch it in, three, in, in two three classes, and then we get on with our lives. I don't see okay. the need for extending you, the term into the I, next I was, year. I was liking your submission until you mentioned some other schools, so we'll strike that out. So let's stop for a quick quick break. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Kato, for uh, coming on to gang. In the next section, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the airport. And then we shall go to NUP in court. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital FM. We'll come back from the break. Ofonopondo, uh, uh, is the airport ready to open on, is it uh, next week, Thursday? Yes. Well, the... <coughs> The airport will be opening on 1st of October. Yes, and they have been running, Civil Aviation Authority has been running adverts in the papers, in the media, to that effect, giving the different tiers of preparedness. One of the things that the, is that the airport has put in place effective effective measures to screen people who are entering the country, but also screen and make it a requirement for people going outside Uganda to have, to, to, to have done their test so that they are admitted to the countries where they are going. So in that respect, yes, there has been an expansion of putting facilities additional facilities to make sure that they cope with the volume. And they have also said they are going to start with fewer flights and go on increasing as they evaluate the situation. Okay. I have online uh, Mr. Roger Wamara, who is the director of Uganda Airlines. Uh, good morning, Mr. Wamara. Good morning, Oscar. Uh, welcome to Gang. Um, do I, is Uganda Airlines ready for flying on Thursday? Uh, we do know that Uganda Airlines has been conducting some flights. Uh, thank you very much, Oscar. First, some additional information. I'm the director commercial, not not director with the whole airline. I charge of the commercial aspects of the airline. Director commercial, you have money. <laughs> we are very, very, very ready. As you are aware, we've been running a charter flight, and we've been running proper repatriation flight. So our business um, has um, three or four elements we need. First, the passengers have to be ready. The passengers seem to be ready. We have already started selling tickets. We've loaded the systems. They are booking. We are good to go. Then the airport that you just spoke about earlier, uh, it's ready. Uh, the civil, it's, uh, the regu pardon, there's a regulator for civil aviation authority who regulates our business and is ready for us to fly, take to the skies. 
The regulator also happens to be the airport manager, and the airport is ready. And we, the operators, are very ready to take the passengers to the sky. So, uh, Roger Amara, um, the, the, on this show, we have uh, two, uh, for this morning, two people that are frequent flyers. Uh, listeners have noted that this is the first time we've had Abdul Katuntu on the show regularly um, for quite a long time because he has not been able to fly anywhere. We've also had Abdul Katuntu on the show regularly because he's not been allowed to fall ill. But um, it is Katuntu and Seguna that are always in airports. So this time round, to come to an airport, what must they do? Samuju does, but not as much as Katuntu and Seguna. Mm. Go on, Roger. What do they have to do? As earlier indicated, uh, the guidelines are issued uh, part, part by us, the airline, the operator, and the other part by the, the manager of the airport, who happens to be the civil aviation authority. So, us as an airline, we have said, one, you must have a negative COVID test conducted within 72 hours of your travel. If you have that test, you can fly with us. The airport has given regulations regarding how much time that will be needed. We will need longer time to arrive at the airport for the check-in procedure, the security procedure that is going to take a bit of time. Uh, so it is, I think, up to four hours before your flight that is now recommended for you to arrive at the International Airport. For us, once you have the uh, negative PCR test, then we'll require you to have the PPE, the personal protection equipment, which is, in this instance, a, a mask, and have sanitizer at the We will also provide sanitizer on our flight, on our part, to ensure that in case you lose a mask or you don't have sanitizer, that will be available. When it comes to catering and serving, we are taking all necessary precautions to ensure that the food and the containers are not touched by the passenger and then by the staff again. So we are using disposables as much as possible where we can so to avoid unnecessary contact. We are cleaning the air. I've shared the flyer showing how the air using our HEPA high, we call them HEPA filters, uh, can empty the aircraft every three minutes of the air and replace the air. So the air in our cabin is even safer than in a hospital surgical room. So. We have very clean <laughs> the, air. Fi yes. Finally, from you, Mr. Wamara, you do know that a lot of Ugandans don't fly, but the big question is uh, the tourism, because one of the reasons our economy is going down is we do not have tourists. The president said now tourists can come in. You're saying they must have that 72-hour test. So, and then the president has said you must escort them to wherever they are going and then escort them back. How will they get the 72-hour test on their way back if they have been escorted to the resort and back to the airport? Uh, the, the world has been missing flying. Like, I believe your gangsters there, uh, Abdul and, uh, and the Honorable, are missing the skies. So there is an interest, there is an excitement. Yes, there is a risk. But there is a, in Australia, they run a, a joyride recently from Sydney, circling Australia and back to Sydney, with tickets ranging from $600 to $2,000. They were sold out in 10 minutes online. So the need is there from the public. So the public wants to travel. Back to your question, how do passengers do that test? There are a number of test facilities available in the country, and we are sure they'll be easily available to each and everybody who comes into this country. Yes, there's an extra cost for 
for that passenger because the test is an additional cost to everyone who wants to travel. And yes, we may have to charge a little bit more in order to cover SOPs and get the PPEs in place. But we are very happy that the public is very keen to travel again. Thank you so much, Mr. Roger Wamara, who is the Director Commercial of Uganda Airlines. Uh, thank you for appearing on or uh, tuning, uh, calling into the Capital Gang. Mm. You're welcome. Thank you, too. Okay. Uh, Abdul Katuntu, so you might be flying out soon? Well, no. I have no immediate need. Mm. Uh, no, no immediate need to travel. Okay. Uh, I know we're a little bit uh, uh, desperate. Before COVID, we were earning close to a billion dollars uh, from tourism. And, 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 and all of a sudden, that whole uh, income went to zero. Uh, talking to Mr. Rogers Wamala, at this time, is like a talking to Mr. Oscar Semoya Musoke when you are discussing education because people in the airline industry have been also uh, hit, have been hit hard by this COVID, and uh, they're all desperate to getting back to business. But the good news is the air transport industry is the most organized of all uh, means of transport. Uh, more so, uh, you, you know, when we had this uh, terrorism challenge, international terrorism challenge, the industry which was being hit most was the uh, air industry. So they got organized. You just have to go through the biggest airports uh, in the world and, and, and you see how organized the airports are. My, my view is them, they can really easily uh, operate their OPs. And even the people traveling are elite and uh, even those who are not elite really, they may be forced uh, to uh, observe the standard operating procedures. Yes, do people have to communicate? Yes. Uh, do people have to travel? Yes. Do we have to open up our airport? As of now, there is no reason not to. Mm. In fact, in East Africa, airports are open. Honorable Semuju, will you be hopping onto a plane soon? I am campaigning. Two. Uh, <clears throat> I think it is not worth the risk. Except if uh, it is for medical reasons. I don't see any, any other reason why I'll visit the interview. <laughs> <laughs> because you're campaigning. Even for medical no, reasons, you have got to be treated in Uganda. No, no, I mean, there are some advantages with COVID. Even if you are campaigning, if there is an opportunity for you to seek medical attention elsewhere, now in Uganda, certainly that opportunity, I'll take it. But no any other reason will make me travel until maybe it is safer to do so. At the moment, the risk is high. And, the and, and risk I, of the vote or the political risk of the No, 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 the, 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 the medical, the, the, the risk. Because I, I don't know which country I want to go to now. Because yeah. the countries that you want to go to are the ones that are struggling. And even their hospitals I, I, I are suggest full. You yeah. I suggest you travel to South Sudan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, will you be traveling soon? Not really. One of the reasons is what Samuja has said. Um, I usually travel for work and holiday, and I don't think anyone is allowing people to holiday much these days, because most countries, if you get in, you have um, quarantine of 7 to 14 days, and that usually is a holiday period. 
So, no. And uh, the other thing is the SOPs. I've seen what's happening at, the, for example, in Dubai, at the Emirates lounges. Um, Addis Ababa has been pioneering a method of non-contact check-ins, and um, that, that must be interesting. But in most areas, the check-in process and everything is enough to put you off traveling, especially if it's for leisure purposes. The rest, with the new... With the new, with the new Zoom and gone, yes. With a, with with the new technology, you can easily have meetings anytime, anywhere, with anybody in the world. So there is minimal. It's going need. to affect airlines. It's a, it's going to, in the long term, the the airline industry has been projected not to recover for the next fifteen to twenty years. So wow. it's going to affect them because every time there is a gap. Um, it has to be filled, and when mm. it was filled, okay. it will be hard to go back to business as usual. So they need to pick up more more reasons for people to travel. So for now, no, Segona, the SOPs mm. are enough to put me off well. traveling. Honorable Segona, the other frequent traveler um, mm-hmm. in the studio. Well. By the way, I, 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 I saw the manner in which you arrived to uh, Capital Gang, and I thought about your, your biggest client uh, um, at the moment. Honorable Bobby Wine, and, and you know, I saw that huge monster pickup coming in, and, and I thought he had come himself, only to find that it is his lawyer that had come in in, in the monster. <laughs> well, uh, now, for the benefit of these two young men, Oscar and Ibrahim. Mm. Uh, that's not my client's car. <laughs> I, I, I'm not paid in form of cars, but uh, in, t- in form of fees. Yes, travel. Yes, in cases of absolute necessity. And mm. yes, I will travel in cases of absolute necessity. Mm. I, I think what, one thing we need to understand is that um, travel should not be a luxury. In cases of necessity, under situations where we are, yes, you can travel. Mm. I think when the president said uh, we're opening for the tourists to come in, to me, that was good. Um, The only thing that he said that I thought was uh, not as well advised is to say, but they they should not mix with Ugandans. (laughs) Then what are they coming for? Who is going to drive them? Who is going to give them food? Situations of the kind. I think that again takes us to what I said earlier. When you're opening, open with guidelines. We told the president from the word go, from the beginning, when he was, he was engaging in this uh, lockdown, <coughs> declare a state of emergency, because this is an emergency situation. Engage all institutions. Let government bring a bill or bills to parliament to make laws that will sail us through this time. So engage everybody. I think he chose to be a lone player. Mm. And this is where we are yeah. getting messy. Okay. Lydia, will you fly? <laughs> where it's necessary, of course, I do fly. Mm. Yeah. So you're, you're glad about airport opening? Yeah, the airport should open, but of course with safety. You, you've been uh, an East African for uh, a while. I just wanted to, you know to, to, to abdul what I to say. It is much easier, like you saw what happened with the terrorism alert scares. For them, they're able to, as an as an institution, they're able to do the enforcement, right? If you don't have the the COVID-19 certificate, you will not board. You will not board. If you don't have the 
the SOP or the mask will not board. It is much easier for them to enforce. And if I contracted on my way to the airport, I contracted whatever. <laughs> so I think air, airport is a means. I mean, air travel is a means of uh, of transport. If we've opened road travel, we should be able to allow any other travel, but with safety. Uh, and and I'm more I'm more convinced that any sector that is able to enforce guidelines to the letter is air travel they do okay. we have hold on we have some breaking news uh right now capital news beat breaking the news first a former kampala mayor alhaj nasan tege sevagala aka saya has died sevagala was admitted to international hospital kampala where he was receiving treatments after getting an accident at his home it is alleged that the kampala city lord mayor well, mayor hopefully uh, f- uh, fell in his bathroom while he was taking a shower. His family members rushed him to International Hospital Kampala where he was immediately admitted for special treatment. Right now as we speak, his son has tweeted confirming the death of the former Kampala mayor Alhaj Nassan Tege Sevagala. May his soul rest in eternal peace. May his soul rest. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital mm. FM. May his soul rest in peace. Uh, oh, Well, I just want to respond first to Honorable Seguna, who says the president chose to be a lone player. The president hasn't been a lone player in this COVID period. He depends on scientific advice by a committee of scientists. And this has been known. Secondly, he instituted the National Task Force, chaired by none other than Right Honorable Prime Minister, multi-sectoral, including the private sector, to do many things. And therefore, it is erroneous to say the president has been a lone player. The president has been addressing the nation and enlisting, calling upon Ugandans to take the necessary measures. He, he didn't just order. So... Uh, uh, I, I really take issue with that. Now, for travel on the government side, the government has said so, that uh, where it is absolutely necessary, like recently when the president traveled to Tanzania to sign, uh, to facilitate the signing of the pipeline deal with Tanzania uh, for, for, for our oil and gas, the government has said it will be restricted really the most necessary. I think this should, ha- should help us take out the wasteful expenditure on foreign travels by government officials. As you said in, on this show, the government, the government officials who are on this show, members of parliament, have been taking many travels at our expense. Sometimes we don't even know whether those travels are very useful. It is us to know, not to you. <laughs> well, uh, you, you, have, you, you have been fattening on, on, uh, on our trough. For, from, <laughs> from our trough. For the, for the private people, they are free to do so because, and I think I would encourage them, we should encourage them to travel because they travel for businesses that are for, for, for things that are most needed for their businesses. We should also encourage people to travel to our, to our country.
for the things that they want to do with Uganda. And so in that respect, I think uh, we should not just say, say because of COVID, one of the things that uh, unfortunately things that would happen is if COVID closed down the world. And uh, humankind, mankind should be able to tame nature to serve their interest. And dealing with, yeah, yeah, dealing with COVID decisively so that the world goes back to, to, to normal times is what everybody hopes for. Um, well spoken and uh, true, true to all, all. There's always a small dig at uh, the parliamentarians. No, yes, parliamentarians. Mm. I said the government officials. Oh, you pointed out the parliamentarians. No, I, because but those ones are they, here and they can respond directly. Like Honorable Abdul tried to heckle me. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you information. <laughs> I think that's how the civil service has uh, has been trained these days that Ofunopondo can jeer at his bosses like that publicly <laughs> and uh, yeah. nobody tackles him. Unfortunately, you are not my bosses. Unfortunately. No. I thought you were a government spokesman. <laughs> And, uh, Actually, he's not, he's not supposed to speak when we are here. <laughs> we should be speaking for ourselves. <laughs> right. We stop, we no. stop for a break. When we are here, you don't speak for us. And after the break, we will uh, go to NUP. Putting it down. Counting the top hits of the week on your hit station. Your hit station. It's the KT20 with Val. Blaze up the hotlines. Saturdays from 6 p.m. on the fresh hit station for Uganda. Capital, Capital FM. FM. Capital FM. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital FM. Welcome back from the break. Honorable Seguna, you have been on social media, as I said. You were in the news. Um, and according to uh, the new the social media, you, your performance was excellent. I have Medein Palisa sent me a message to my phone quite early today. He said, Seguno, Seguno, no, no, no. Be soft on poor Chivalama. Um, so... Uh, Mede have delivered that message. But the big question is, what do we learn um, from this particular court case? You know what happened? Well, what first, have we learned? Yes. No, no, I, um, I think certainly, yeah. as to what happened, everybody was following. What, no. what you learn is really for you to know what you did not know that you can pick from the proceedings. Mm. I am very conscious first of all, to, uh, to, to, to avoid crossing the red line of the subjudice rule. I do not intend to speak um, about the evidence in so far as it relates to the, uh, to the material facts in court. But as you all noticed, I think uh, we've been looking for Mr. Chibalama as his friends, his <laughs> family have been looking for him. I think they are all over on, on, on video saying the man was uh, kidnapped. We do not know where he is. And uh, until yesterday, when he explained his whereabouts, and his statement was that he was intercepted. First, he received telephone calls, and people were saying, we know where you are. Report to us. They sto uh, stopped him, took him, and uh, told him, report again at 4 but they kept surveilling him. So at four, 
he reported as directed and he was taken to the office of General David Mahoz, the CDF. What he discussed from there with the CDF related to the management, the change of leadership at NUP, and how he ended up um, surrendering the party. Now, to the extent that you can have the topmost manager of the armed force called UPDF questioning somebody and how he changed leadership in his political party is the only thing that I find questionable because the UPDF is supposed to remain non-partisan and neutral and professional. So certainly the, 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 the CDF has no business with how we manage our parties. That is a business between the members of that party and the electoral commission as regulator. This is what the gentleman said. And from that meeting, the gentleman was made to disappear until yesterday when he was driven to Mbali to court for cross-examination as directed by court. When I asked him how he knew that he was needed in court, ordinarily the answer I had expected would be that my lawyer told me. But even his lawyer was not in touch with him. In fact, he categorically stated in court that he did not know the lawyer. He was talking about a lawyer called Vyamkama, that Vyamkama was his lawyer. And as it turned out, Vyamkama was the lawyer of the two gentlemen who sued him and sued the party. The two gentlemen who sued him and the party are relatives of Kano Juma Seiko. And Kano Juma Seiko is not somebody I need to introduce to the country. So, it also turns out when the, secretary, the former Secretary General came, yeah, he's still a major. He's a Kano, I'm told. He's a Lieutenant Kano. Whatever. He is, I, I think he's, the, the name I have known for, the name I have known for my brother Juma Seiko was actually Captain. I think that is the name that he was stuck to, and it, it became part of, uh, or maybe the, he has changed the ranks. But the question, the point is, these are relatives of uh, Juma Seiko, who were not known to this then Secretary General of the party, but who should? When we're cross-examining Kagome, the former Secretary General, and our senior administrative assistant at NUP, he said, after signing an affidavit with us, on the same day, but at an earlier hour, he signed another affidavit retracting hours which he had not signed and where was it signed from again in the office of Yamkama who is the lawyer for the people that took us to court now what is visible in all this is the hand of the state I was reminded later by a gentleman who I least expected to be following politics keenly that there are these parties that are formed. And away from our knowledge, 
which are formed with the hand of the state. Yeah, Owa has already told us that one. Yes, with the hand of the state. You remember this one which participated in the referendum which we boycotted. And eventually, of course, the gentleman was appointed ambassador. Said, you ended up taking over a party that belongs to these people and you didn't know. I said, no, we do not care. As long as the party is registered and we have chosen to join it. The other thing which came up through the cross-examination of um, Zaychibalama was that he's not a free man. And he pleaded that how I wish court could do something for me to regain my freedom. One, I never invited anyone to secure me. I was not feeling insecure. But Brigadier Genovyekwaso, Honorable, has said Chivalama wanted security. And the man said, I never applied for security. I am there involuntarily. I would wish to go back to my normal life. In fact, one thing which we should also know, at some point, he had informed us in the party, please help me get asylum. I am under threat from the state. And that's how he handed over his passport to the Secretary General of his party and said, guys, help me. Now, before that could be worked on, we could not find him. The other thing uh, which comes out clearly in this is that is the extent to which the state can go to avert or even subvert or prevent competition using the army, using the police, using intelligence forces of this country. As I was cross-examining the gentleman, I don't know whether this was a mistake because I, it, it, it almost threatened my personal liberty or life. I asked the gentleman, there is video evidence locating you in a meeting with the CDF and the Director General of ESO. What were you discussing? As a matter of fact, I didn't have the video. But I knew the meeting had taken place. We had evidence that the meeting had taken place. Now the gentleman answers and says, yes, I had a meeting with the CDF, and this is what we discussed. Now, as I left court, a reliable source close to the state informed me that, one, you're being trailed from here, your house is going to be under siege tonight, and so is your office, because we need this video. <laughs> Can you imagine? So, well, I informed them, get real, I do not have the video. I only have the evidence that the meeting took place, and the evidence, I got it from court. Everybody has it. Out of cross-examination. Luckily, and indeed, uh, Oscar, as I was being invited to this program, I said, well, in the event that I will still be in saturation, I'll come. Finally, I, I can only say that, um, one, why are many people are castigating the old man? All you need to do is to cast castigate those players that are not intelligent enough to hide their criminality. Immediately after court, they took the old man to Mosa courts. Now, again, of all people, Mosa courts have a press conference. To say for me, I am okay. What I said in court was a lie. <laughs> and he was under oath. There are so many things that we should be doing. But there is one thing we should not do.
there is one extent <coughs> to which we should not go. Let us not abuse, misuse, and destroy our core institutions. Play the political maneuvers, but save the military. You're saying keep him out of court? No, no, no. Keep the military, keep the professional forces out of politics. Because now, look at a gentleman like my brother, General David Mohose, educated, professional, has gone through the ranks rather very quickly, maybe because of abilities, not because he's related to somebody. But just check where he is now. That you summoned a leader of a political party to explain to you why he changed leadership. That because Mseven has refused to change leadership in government and in his party, no other party should change leadership. Okay, no. Thank you. Uh, there's a, a video going round, um, uh, an army officer of high rank saying that uh, actually it is uh, Chibalama who requested to see the CDA. We don't say high rank. There is a statement, official statement by the army spokesperson, uh, Brigadier General Flavio Vyokwaso, but was issued by her assistant, Lieutenant Colonel Deo Akiki. To the effect that Chibalama, um, and we all know in this town, uh, people, for different reasons, uh, saying or alleging, sometimes true and so on, that their lives are in danger. That statement is saying that Chibalama, through a third party, contacted the army leadership, saying his life as a result of what he had done with the Segunas selling their party, selling his party to them and disagreeing over, I think, Three, repayment. Five million dollars. Yes. Uh, they were threatening him. And that's how General David Mohose met him. Somebody took him to General David Mohose. General David Mohose did what he thought was necessary, alerted the other security agencies that are concerned, that are responsible, and they took care of Mr. Chivalama's security. Now, if he has changed his mind and wants to frame General David Mohose and others, that's entirely his choice. Like he, now I'm, I'm hearing that he has even saying that he lied in the court. Now, a person like that, I wouldn't encourage many people to believe him. Mm. Uh, if 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 somebody can walk out of court, but he, and, he must uh, be a little bit powerful. You know me when I'm uh, yes. in trouble, I call of an opponent. Yeah, but for and, him, he, and, and he, then he, he says, and he then calls says, the entire city. Somebody can say so to the public that he, he told a lie. Told 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 a lie. Then I don't think anybody should believe in what Mr. Chivalama is saying, but of course it's now convenient for Honorable Seguna to believe in a person he would otherwise not believe because it's politically convenient. The other one is General David Mohos. I haven't spoken to him. I know him. We speak quite regularly. Uh, I, so I cannot say beyond this, but to say that he has a rapidly risen 
General David Mose. General David Mose. Did in good faith, and I said General that maybe because not because he's connected. General David Mose has been in UPDF for over 32 years. If you look at <coughs> count count when he became you, a colonel and if you look if you, if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you look at if you look at if you look at <coughs> the other promotions in the army, his promotion is consistent with the other promotions. And similar the, to General Mutu. The, the usually, usually you add that. Yes, mm. General as far as I know, is the only general who skipped who, who the president made to skip a rank. From Lieutenant Colonel, in two months he was made a colonel. From a colonel he jumped to Brigadier General and made a Major General. What about Umbadi? I am saying General Mutu is the only one I know uh, who skipped. Others. I am helping uh, you to know others. No, Mbadi did it. You see, you see, I am just telling you, you can say the, he went in quick Promotions succession. must not be consistent with other promotions. They must be consistent with the law. Yes, uh, cite for me the law and the regulations of under the, the UPDF, under the UPDF, UPDF Act. Under the UPDF Act, you cannot be promoted twice in three years. You must stay on one rank for three years. Well, and only... Uh, and thank only you, Honorable for It's I distracting am. from the discussion. Mm. So, so anyway, the, the point I'm making is, I don't think Mr. Chibarama should be relied upon okay. on the things he's saying, because the... the, the, the no, okay, I didn't say so. You. I said I have worked with him. I said we worked fin with finish him. Finish off. Oh, what you're saying? And, and you, so you are so saying so we should not rely on Chivalama. Yes, but, period. Okay. but General, General, Mohose, General Mohose has a track record that we can rely on. Okay. Abdu? <laughs> yeah, a senior court official, Honorable Abdu Katuntu. Um your observations on what happened in court yesterday uh, uh, you know I, uh, my brother oo can be humble at times and i could see him here struggling loitering in arguments and justifications and uh, i felt so 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 pity for him uh, uh, th these are the things i don't i didn't expect to hear in this era uh, as Medad says, if we are talking about an elite Uganda People's Defense Forces, we don't expect our well-educated and trained officers to be behaving like Kano Maria Mungo, Kirimi Kuikyo, Ageta. Some of them can be justified uh, during the times of Idi Amin and uh, illiterate leadership and, and uh, lack of democracy. But when you have the, a professional force, like the EPDF is supposed to be today, well-trained officers, they're not only well-trained in the military, but also in form education. They are professions from different fields. General Mohose is a lawyer, uh, you know, these are things which, we, which make some of us, you know, go and say what is going on in our country. Uh, because this is now purely politics. It has nothing to do with defending the country. It has nothing to do with threats to state sovereignty or state security, but a, contradi a political contradiction 
which the law envisages and lays out clear right from the constitution on how those political contradictions can be resolved. It's about competition. It's about competing for political power. Where do guns come in in this process? How does the supreme of the Uganda People's Defense forces get involved in a, a political party change of leadership? Something I can't understand. It's really something I can't understand. And, and uh, other than my, my good friend, uh, Brigadier General Viekwaso, asking his her assistant to issue that statement, I expected General Mohos to come up, clearly address a press conference, and explain his side of the story. But from what we saw in court and followed, looks like uh, it's not one of those things which makes somebody to be proud of the office of the command of the UPDF, the CDF, neither the institution of the UPDF. Uh, Crispin Kaheru uh, sends a message um, saying, I think the matter before court is rather political and not legal. The matter is non-justiciable, if you can get that uh, <coughs> at, at the beginning, the state had created an impression that they were not bothered by the birth of uh, <coughs> or the rebirth. Um, <coughs> but from what they are doing, you can see that they were actually extremely bothered. And uh, <coughs> the only institution that the president trusts or trusts more the military and, and sometimes the police depending on who the police head is <clears throat> and if this matter had been handled at a level of, uh, uh, maybe ISO police but when you see Mohoz David General acting you need to know that he's seven acting uh, <clears throat> he's only not at the scene but he's the one acting. Because Mohoz is, is a cautious person. He doesn't act like a, a Kazini. Um, <clears throat> so when you see Mohoz acting, know that Museven is the one now acting through, through the military. Um, but sometimes they, they, they also sleep. So by the time they wake up, things have moved the many steps and they can't reverse them. So I, 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 that's what has happened with the NOB. They, they didn't know that a party was being uh, formed under the circumstances that it was. They pretended that they, didn't, they did not want to reverse it. Now it appears that uh, um, they are acting. Of course, sometimes because of the way they act, they, they even make it very difficult for courts, even if courts want to rule in their favor. Um, it, it takes a lot of courage for courts to, to, to accept to be embarrassed. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, this this matter now is a matter of seven being a, a candidate and, and wanting to face you no know, candidate. Something has done. I, I keep telling people. I was in the media when uh, Elizabeth Chowarawi uh, declared that she wanted to be an RM chairman. Uh, people doubted her mental stability at that time, but just her declaration, uh, that declaration alone, landed the job of a senior presidential advisor. <laughs> <laughs> now the debate 
the debate started whether she was in a mental state to serve. But at least to clear the way for Mr. Museveni to be a sole candidate for the leadership of his party, that uh, Navata has had to, be, had to be appointed a senior presidential advisor. So that's how scared Mr. Museveni gets with the competition. And there is nothing he cannot do. <laughs> when it came to my friend Captain and he declared that competition, he was arrested. <laughs> there is nothing that Museven cannot do. Uh, if, if there are people who think there is something I cannot do, maybe they don't know him. If it is competition, he will clear you either by, by a legal process or by a bulldozer or by, by police. And I think that's what he's trying to do. That even after you have stopped uh, Nope and, and its leader, from campaigning, from doing legitimate political activities. And, and almost the only thing that is happening is that the headquarters, even the headquarters, you want to go there. No, he's so, going there. So, so I mean, that, that someone is, has that been is, shot from there. That, that is M7. Let's stop, uh, Let's stop for a quick break. And um, after the break, we'll go into the final session. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital FM. Waking you up and making you feel good. Uh, there's a message that came from a friend of mine, Lucky, very quickly before we move on. A he one, or she? It is a he. Okay. Frank says, tell Lucky that I welcome her back from her sick leave. Thank you, Frank. What's up? Frank has money. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Sano and Lucky in the morning, weekdays from 6 a.m. Capital FM. The Capital Gang on 91.3 Capital FM. Welcome back from the final uh, break to the Capital Gang. So, Namfi, is it you who loves um, who loves uh, uh, NUP? Because um, uh, NUP, they, their boss, their president is not allowed to sing but is is always in the news um i also saw a video mm. yesterday of um when court was waiting for him and mm. um and a scuffle with his bodyguards mm. so so oh, I th- think there's always news generated for him whereas mm. you remember when we had uh on mm. when nothing happened there was no news around him <laughs> at least he wore the red shirts um I think at this point, no publicity is bad publicity, to be honest. But my disappointment comes with General Mohose, the CDF. I held him in much higher esteem than some of his counterparts, like, say, General Kalikaihura. The way we held General Ronda in much higher esteem than some of his more errant uh, counterparts. Um, so David Mohose, like uh, General Sabiti Muzei, they hold the, they, they they seem to be a bit better than their other counterparts who act with impunity and make uh, certain farcical decisions that you keep wondering whether what the person who made them is actually thinking. And I tend to agree with Semuju. I think this is a decision much higher than him. But the way it's being executed is um, is, 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 is 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 a bit childish and vulgar. You, you, and you don't believe the, uh, the AME spokesman who said that uh, Chivalama sought mm. a meeting with Sought a CDF. meeting. Mm. I, I mean, we, we are dealing statement. with two sides who are who, who are buffeting. You have no police in this country. 
to do that if you if someone needs help. Um, so there's a meeting with with exactly and forceful detention and and if 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 indeed he's sought and now he's he's playing games, then let them release him and let them let him move freely. So for me, I feel. This is one of those things that make make you feel sad for the country, that we descend into these levels. Instead of discussing, for example, now that the FID is here for, for, for the oil sector, what are we going to use our oil revenues? How are we going to maximize you know, certain advantages and resources the country has so that we move on and move forward as a country? No. What are we discussing? We are discussing the Chibala massacres. How sad is that? We have whole lawyers who could be doing other things, who could who could be putting their time to better use, sitting there and participating in this circus show, as if um, uh, being reduced to that level of participation in these politics. There could be better participants in, in in the politics of the country. But I would like to advise NUP that you you have to take this whole matter international and um, try to force the international community to come in and support, stop circuses like this. For example, doing using the army. I, I disagree with Honorable Segona here, saying that our, our systems are being abused. This has been the, 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 the norm for the last <clears throat> 30, 34 years. This is the reason why, in spite of us having relative peace for the last 34 years, we are still one of the poorest countries in the world, worse than countries which are <clears throat> Less, worse than what on countries because again one man hijacks the country and refuses to put systems in place to run the country that could have been run <clears throat> much better so for me uh, the disappointment I cannot emphasize the disappointment in, in, in General Mohosi I hope as a person he can redeem himself and do better than this because most people thought much better of him than, the, than these whole Shibana shenanigans but for NUP, I think this is more publicity. And um, if they can capitalize on that, then good for them. But I think this whole thing needs to stop and we move on. Because what are you going to do at the end of the day? Declare that the party goes back to Chibalama. And then what happens if uh, Chibalama decides, now I want <coughs> um, Bobby Wine to take over the party again. So he takes over the party again. Because, I mean, when does it stop? Okay, I and then what if what if Bobby Wine joins another party? This can still elect Bobby Wine exactly uh, because your party has members who are who joined the party legally I, in I, a lawful manner. As, 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 as a lawyer, I yes. hope you're not trying to give judgment here. No, but, I'm not. Um, the matter okay. is of Judas, but right. we can discuss it a bit carefully. Here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's because we'll get Lydia to speak last. Okay. Your final comment on this. And, uh, well, I, I think, um, Oscar, what I can say is let's live for the country, not ourselves and uh, not our politics. We have already said we have never had an agreement with um, Chibalama for the $5 million, and he repeated it yesterday. There is no supermarket in this country where political parties are, um, are, are sold, but um, people choose to join political parties. And uh, we chose to join this political party. I want to assure Ugandans, especially our members, that uh, our party still exists, and we are working hard. We are nominating candidates, and we shall continue to do this. So let everybody come for the nomination and endorsement as scheduled. Okay. Um, Lydia, final words. Um, on the capital gang, 
the do, do you agree with speakers yeah we've had honorable segona nteje asimwe has said uh, he wants to buy you say koko or temu supu sagara wants to send uh, sagara is a clever man he wants to send mobile money to to namfi says namfi share your number so i send uh, mobile money i think he's being a bit clever sagara you send to patricia the mobile and then she will pass it on uh, uh, so lydia final word the, the relationship between uh, mr chibalama and the nup is really their business mm. i saw she say five million worth in, in as far as i'm concerned and if there was no if the if the relationship has no issues then why are we discussing this because we we don't have to they let them go and do like their registration of members like uh, honorable segona has said everything is, is just for perception and public excitement about the elections i do not support the idea that because chibalama has said something about the CDF of the of the of the Ministry of Defence or the of the UPDF, then they should come out and defend. No, because so much is going to come out there. We are, we have entered the political season, and and I would even uh, if I was given it, and then get the get the election at the end of that day. So I would like to to say the one or two issues. Number one, if NUP has its party in their hands registered, please go ahead and campaign and register. If Chibalama is, is, does not owe you money, you don't have, that's your business. Because in, the, in, in any case, people did not know that you are having a relationship with Chibalama and his party until recently. We are reading things in the media. And really, to, to, we can only wish you well. Because as NRM, let me now speak as a leader of my party, we, we, we just want to the competitors. We, we want to go to the Electoral Commission and say, this is the list of NRM people for the different positions and then we compete with whoever the electoral commission would say are going to compete with so in this constituency or in this position that's all we want to see i want to talk to i want to tell the listeners and the, the honorable segoners of uganda is that uh, as an NRM member we have so much we are doing to fill the candidates we can only see you playing drama or if you have challenges with chivalama you can easily sort it out but for you to drag in government institutions and to drag in NRM is to play your usual cameras. And I've seen the media, really. I was watching, I was watching the media, I was watching the media uh, making a very big contribution to your campaign. And it's okay because you've brought them on your side. But politics is not, a, it's not, a, uh, it's not, a, it's not a drama all the time. This is serious business, like you have said. We want to provide leaders for Uganda. We want to provide the next... Uh, Uganda needs leaders, serious leaders, not people who are dramatists in court, on the streets, and blaming everybody. When you join politics, you know that you are going to... You must win. Like now, people have been able to campaign for, for, for what happened yesterday, but how long will it, will, it, will it go on? So let me conclude by saying that I've listened in. There is no problem with your party. Go ahead and, and campaign and, and register candidates. Uh, Chibalama has no problem with giving you the party. It's well and good. So why are you dra- dra- dragging in uh, security institutions, dragging in NRM? This is your business. We want to meet on the 12th and 13th going forward of October and 3rd and 4th of November. These stories are this one did this Abidabit, the other Abidabit. If, if court 
has shown you that the, the, this is just a, a game. You've, you've been given a space to cross-examine uh, somebody. What is the matter in court? Is it NPU, NUP uh, registration or is it Chibalama's freedom? Have that sorted as far as I'm concerned as a member of the NRM. I'm struggling to ensure that NRM has candidates we are going to field and campaign to win an election. Whether NPU has issues with Chibalama or not is not our business, but we wish you well. And all I'm trying to say is that drag us in any other matter, but this business of whether you bought a party or you didn't buy a party, really NRM has no interest mm. because for us we have a party to grow. We have, we have so many people to whether, I thought you are whether you are arguing with CDF, whatever, that is your Even business. Even for the security agencies, that is I would your like business. to actually, let me be very categorical, Kiria. I would like to encourage and uh, tell security agencies not to be dragged, not to accept, to even issue any press briefings in this political season. Let them do their work. They have no business because somebody has been cross-examined in court. Now you, are, you say now uh, CDF must come and respond. No. Mm. Do your work. If court requires you to come, there are procedures on how court can require you to come and explain in court. Because you cannot now go issuing press conferences because Segona said this, Onyoto is saying the other one, Katunta has jumped on this other one. For us, yeah. we are politicians, we'll keep dragging you as scapegoats. So I want to encourage the security agencies, whether it's UPDF or police or prisons, please stay the course. Do not be dragged into us because for us, we shall scream at anything, at nothing, just to get the vote. Okay. Like but some of them have now been able to pick profile because of the case yesterday, where they have yeah. no ground at all. As you are speaking, Emmanuel Kashej on Twitter says, please remind Lydia that it's not NUP dragging the army into this. The army held a press conference. So that's what Lydia is saying. No, don't, I'm encouraging so, them you. not to be dragged into yeah. They should be stay the course. And they should be careful. Mm. Let them keep away the, and let, let, the them, let, let, let them be forced that you come to court and explain this because you see, the you best see, thing Oscar, is do not engage in politics. Uh, uh, no, but how do you prove that they have engaged? You see, because it's because you, no, let me explain. When you are talking, our squires, when you are talking, our squires, all I'm trying to say yeah. because Chiwalama has said something, it doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right no. because Chiwalama said something in court. No, it doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. Where people are agreeing with you, Lydia. Oh, you know what? Where pe- Lydia, where people are agreeing with you is that they, 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 they shouldn't be holding press conferences. Exactly. Yeah, they should not. Let them matter. just ignore mm. this political right. talks. People so, want to survive on politics. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, continue uh, following but, but us. Also, Oscar, <laughs> largely what I've seen in the court, really it's politics. You're not going to solve matters political in courts of law. Yeah? Oh. Yeah? What is Yame doing with Chivalama? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. But you have to go to court. No, you can negotiate, but you have been saying, you know, no, uh, politics, politics is about no, not only winning elections. It question. is also the question negotiating is, power. What is Chibalama doing in Ame custody? Do you go and crazy exam that in court? All I am saying, I don't take politics to court. You Thank you so much, uh, listeners of the Capital Gang. You Thank you for following. Every time someone says something, uh, a tweet comes in with a photograph or whatever continue following us um uh online uh thank you star cafe as you can hear in the background star cafe has fed uh these people well thank you um the gangsters of the day honorable seguna honorable wanyoto honorable semujo nabokatuntu namfi and oo may he rest in eternal peace haji nasa sebagala I am Oscar Semoyam Soke and I shall see you next week.